Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 3, Episode 9 of Farscape. Losing Time. Which is a weird title because it only applies to, like, the first quarter of the episode. Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, honestly, like you uh, said when you were describing the... uh, the plot summary for this time, you know, and your on your last preview, it really kind of feels like we've done this before. Like this is just a not quite as good episode as the one with the body switcher from uh, that one. Yeah, was it a finale or no? No, that was just an episode. We've done this before, but better. It's not bad. I don't hate it or anything, but... Here's a question. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like we've done this before, but better? Because this is almost identical to the Charmed episode we did last week. Expand on that. Okay, so in the Charmed episode we did last week, Coyote Piper, Piper was possessed by the spirit of the homunculus yeah and then the uh, alchemist was like wait no she's the evil one and that's exactly what happens here right the rider possesses chiana and then the other guy possesses uh pilot and is like wait no she's the evil one no offense to charmed but it's a little sad when charmed does a episode better than you <laughs> oh I mean, that's such a dig on Farscape, but you're, yeah. I mean, Coyote, it's a dig on Charmed, really. Coyote Piper was an amazing episode. And this episode, honestly, I liked it more than I thought I was going to because I frankly didn't remember much about this episode until which, we started it. Which doesn't surprise me at all because it's just so middle of the road. Well, there's actually something that I feel like I should have remembered and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Was it Chiana's Possessed Voice? Because I did enjoy Chiana's Possessed Voice. Actually, it was the Starburst Chamber. Uh, oh, yeah, that was very cool, visually speaking. Yeah. So let's talk about this episode. So we open with Scorpius, but I thought he was dead. Okay, so I actually really love this trope because it's okay, it's obviously a dream because it's shot with like a fisheye lens. Mm-hmm. And Scorpius and John are like facing off and running down hallways, and it's all like, ooh. Forbidden wormhole knowledge. They, they even do... It, this kind of reminds me of 2001, where John, like, opens a cabinet in the maintenance bay of Moya, and inside of it he sees the wormhole. Yeah. And Scorpius is like, John, I thought you... I knew everything about wormholes, but you're still holding out on me! I kind of thought when we were first watching this that this might be in John's head. It's, it's not. It's actually in Scorpius's head, which oh, I think is a neat twist. Yeah, that was the trope that I like, right? Where you where it's the nightmare, but then the person who wakes up from the nightmare is different than the person you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I kind of thought this was John playing out a scenario, but no, it's Scorpius. Scorpius sleeps in a... I guess it makes sense that he sleeps in like a special containment thing because he needs to, you know, switch out his brain stuff every so often. It's like uh, that one scene in... The Star Wars movie with the helmet change? Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking a bit in Rogue One where Vader's in the, like, healing egg or whatever, and then he gets out of it. And people people really like that scene. I just... I don't know. I... I... People like that scene because it was a callback to previous star wars movies to good star wars movies i think that's a thing with star wars in general though like the the ones people like are the ones that just call back to the old ones oh star wars has become hey i remember that the movie yeah i really didn't like 
any of Rogue One. It was so boring. It's such a boring movie. And you don't care about any of the characters. And then, spoiler alert, they all die. Like, I kind of liked the monk guy and his friend, but they barely did anything and then they died. Well, I mean, it's not a spoiler alert to say that they all die. We know they all die from the very first Star Wars movie. It's an entire movie that's built around closing a plot hole, which... Doesn't need to have been a plot hole. Yeah. And Solo did it too. Solo's a whole movie... Explaining what, why they misused the word parsec. Here, here's a thought. Han Solo's kind of dumb. There. Plot hole closed. Well, the problem... My problem with it is that there was a fan explanation that was not canon, but that I liked so much more than what they actually did in Solo. With the castle run. With the Kessel Run, which was that the Kessel Run is a run that takes place uh, on the event horizon of a black hole. Hmm. Hmm. So it's it's measured in distance instead of time. I thought that was a cool explanation. And also, mostly because, like, what cool world building? A Kessel Run is like a smuggler's run that happens over a black hole. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this instead. So... John has been obsessively trying to keep everyone on the ship around the wormhole place because... Because he saw the Three Stooges through the wormhole earlier. So he's trying to track down that wormhole so that he can get home. Is that really still his goal at this point? It seems bizarre that he's still like... I mean, I guess I get him wanting to go home, but... Well, I mean, it is still his goal, but... As we noted with the opening monologue, it has shifted from I'm just looking for a way home to should I go home and let them know you exist? No. No, you shouldn't. Here's my thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody's annoyed with John because they've been spending 10 days looking for this wormhole. What else they got going on? What, 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 what? what? Shouldn't they be looking for ScarJo and Aaron and Rigel and Stark? And to a lesser degree, um, knife. Grace? Talon? Talon, yeah. Talon and Grace. To a lesser extent, Talon, and to an even lesser extent, Grace. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, this is weird, because I feel like... Or wait, do they know about Aaron's mom's death squad? No, only the people on Talon know that Aaron's mom is running the death squad. Okay, because... I would get them being like, hey, maybe we shouldn't hang out in one space since this death squad is looking for us. Well, I think we can kind of pinpoint a problem here that kind of relates back to your problem with this episode. Over on Talon, people have mission objectives. Over here, no one has a goal. Like, a main storytelling function is that your characters need to have things that they want. And... The only character who has something that he wants is John. Theoretically, Dargo should also want to return home, but he's, like, very lackadaisical about that. Well, he already found his son, which was really his big thing. That's true. And Chiana... I mean... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna run down. Chiana doesn't want to go back to the Nabari. Jewel is like, been in stasis for years and years, so everyone she cares about is dead. Pilot is home. Nobody, I mean, nobody. Presumably, has a... Jewel also wants to get off Moya, given everything that's happened to her since she got on Moya. I mean, yes, but they could have. She could have gotten off at any of a number of commerce planets. I'm sure they've passed, and she hasn't. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. 
I mean, do we find out why this episode? We find out something new about Jewel's backstory, which, eh. I was kind of turning around on Jewel most of this episode because she wasn't being actively awful until the last couple of seconds, and then I was like, all right, that's why I don't like Jewel. I think I like Jewel better every episode where she doesn't use the metal melting scream, because mm. it's like, you're on a spaceship! Metal is the only thing keeping the vacuum of space away from you. Stop using the metal melting scream. I like her every episode. She doesn't refer to other, you know, life forms as lower beings. Well, then I've got bad news for you about whether or not you're ever going to like Jewel. Yeah. Although, Jewel is going to be replaced by a different character that I like much better. I think you'll like her much better, too. Oh, not to... Spoilers. Spoilers! <laughs> Whatever. The show is like 20 years old. So ever- well, I meant spoilers for you. No, you, you've already told me this before. Oh, okay. So, I like that Dargo tells John like, a very rational thing. I love Dargo being the rational one in the relationship. He tells John, look, you saw a wormhole like five episodes ago. You know as well as I do that wormholes could lead to anywhere. The fact that you saw a broadcast from your home planet, broadcasts that travel light years through the wormhole, literally means nothing. Like, we're chasing the shred of a ghost of a chance right now. Also, we know that wormholes tend to vary in time when they open, so it could be literally hundreds of years before this one opens again. Yeah. Yeah. So Moya passes through some weird kind of space cluster, and John's like, ah, and Pilot's like, don't worry, it's just turbulence. Are you afraid of turbulence, John? Calm down. I mean, you've been through a lot of stuff. You should be at least a little wary by this sort of thing. But John sees a space jellyfish floating before him. Yeah, I'd say like a space manta ray. Ooh, yeah, that's better. But like a manta ray that's standing up on its tail. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it swoops into John. Well, it goes through him. It, it passes go- through John. And uh, then John passes out. Yep. Or at least he falls on the floor and then he starts levitating and... Uh, it's all very creepy. But it, uh, it definitely gives the audience the impression that John is possessed because he's, like, flying. And then he starts bleeding. I, You know what? I was really impressed... With the cinematography in this episode. Hmm. Um, the way the camera zooms in on John's blood when he's bleeding and you see it dripping down. And later on in the episode, that's going to be reflected in water dripping from Moya. Like, I I, I liked what they did with the camera this episode. But we go to credits and when we come back, John wakes up in, like, a gigantic pool of blood. Like, way too much blood for him to be moving around. I never, I I didn't really get the point of this outside of, I guess, just being creepy, because it doesn't really add to the plot at all that he has, like, this weird phantom blood thing when the creature goes through him. Like, it doesn't matter at any point. Yeah, and, and also, we're not clear if the blood is real or not, because John wakes up in a pool of blood, but like I said, he shouldn't be able to have that much blood. He calls for help. He calls for Dargo and Chiana, and he finds Chiana, and when they go back into the den where he was, like, there's no blood left, and and he has no blood. Like, 
He's not bleeding out of anywhere. Right, right. He has no wounds, I guess I should have said. Which Chiana points out, because he's like, Chiana, Chiana, something flew through me, and then I woke up in a pool of my own blood, and uh, I, I, I must be... I must be missing so much blood. And Chiana's like, you're not bleeding or anything. Are you sure you're not just high again? It feels like it might have been. feels like it's been a little bit since John's been high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it was like every other episode for a while there. Was it supposed to be like ectoplasm from the creature, do you think? Maybe. I don't know. There's a big thing with it later that that didn't happen with any of the other people it possessed, which... Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a mislead to to make us think that John is the one who's possessed by the the creature, which is why I mentioned that the creature went not into him but through him, because we're not going to be misled by these misleads. So Shannon's like, look, John, I don't have time for your weird thing. Go take a bath, get some sleep, like yeah, and apparently care. Apparently, he stinks. I think for the last ten days he hasn't showered while he's been looking for the the wormhole so moya has showers then or you know whatever 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 bathing on moya looks like he hasn't done it Mm. just dentix all over your body (laughs) well like that thing right where you put your feet in the in the pool and like the The fish fish. eat all the dead skin off your feet yeah 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 maybe like no, it's too gross. I'm not even going to describe it. So. But it has to do with Moya being a living thing. Yes. So, but John is really losing it. I mean, that's part of what's happening. Especially, John was barely holding it together before. And now without Aaron, there's very little reason for him to continue to hold it together. He grabs the DRD that was in the maintenance bay with him. And he's like poking through the DRD because he's like, you must have some of my blood in you. And the DRD is like stop except you know not speaking because drds don't speak Mm. but he's or it's i suppose not thrilled with john for opening it up and poking at its insides understandably yeah and then john like is visualizing the the blood dripping down that he was watching and he looks down at his arm and he sees that his arm is now covered with blood so i guess that's not ectoplasm i think it is i think this is just john cracking up and it's unrelated to the creature on the ship oh okay because john's sanity has been kind of so so a lot as of recent yeah i mean people a a lot of people have been fucking with his brain Mm. so yeah John goes to talk to Pilot, because Pilot is like, the cluster was nothing. Nothing happened. Everything's fine. And John's like, but look, there's blood on me! And Pilot's like, you ever think that maybe when he duplicated you, you're like the duplicate, and the duplicate sucks or dissolves after a certain point or something? Yeah, that's not helpful, Pilot. Pilot's like, maybe you're a photocopy and you're degrading. Maybe you're Paper Jam Dipper. Exactly. Exactly. So, Chiana and Jewel expo- expose, exposit to us, the audience, that something's going on with Moya and the ship is leaking now. Yes. Everyone's leaking everywhere. Yeah. And John's like, you know what? We're all going to sit in this room together and you are all going to watch me until I start bleeding so that you stop thinking that I am crazy. And John mentions what Pilot said about maybe he's the photocopy and that's why he's degrading. 
And Chiana's like, that's obviously not it. Shut the fuck up. Because remember, Chiana's still dealing with the fact that she was also photocopied and allowed. She watched herself die. She watched herself die. She did not try to rescue herself when the photocopy guy ate her brains. Yeah. Ate her copy's brains. Well, they're the same. So Yeah. And Dargo's like, look, let's just humor him. We'll all hang around him. And once he's convinced that he's not, you know, bleeding all over the place, then we can go do whatever. Again, what what is whatever? Uh, yeah, it's not like you've got anything. I mean, I get it. You don't want to just hang out there and stare at John, but like. Yeah. Now, conveniently, Jewel and Shiana have placed a bucket underneath the dripping water from, from Moya's pipes. And when they all decide that they're done with this nonsense, they're all going to leave. They see that the bucket is filled to overflowing with water now, even though it was not even close to full two minutes ago when they sat down. So John grabs the DRD that he had set up to record everything, and he shows, oh, hey, look, we're losing time. This has almost no effect on the plot. Yeah, this is, this is, this is where we get the title, but it's not, I, I mean, it's, This isn't the point of the episode. But anyway, uh, they all see that at one point they all passed out. Something took over their bodies and they went into, like, convulsions. And then they woke up and did not realize that they had lost time. Which is horrifying. I mean, to think about that happening. A lot of this episode just feels like extra stuff happening because they needed to kill time. Like, in the other Possession episode, there was, like, intrigue, and there was, like, it wasn't like, oh, and also it makes you pat your stomach and jump on one foot. Also, it does this, that, and the other thing. It just possessed you. Yeah, I think the thing that really bothers me here is that the losing time bit doesn't tie in plot-wise. Like, it's not, like you said, it's not necessary. You could you could pull that whole thing out. And lose literally nothing. And that's never a good thing in a script. But also, it doesn't tie in thematically. Like, there's, it it lifts right out. Why do they all lose time? I don't... The creature, the creature that's in pilot now made them all unconscious so that it could go around and, like, figure out which one of them had the creature in them. But it didn't. Yeah, its tests were inconclusive. Yeah, not only does it not add to the plot, it actively confuses the plot in a way that I'm going to bring up when we get to it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode, I didn't love it when we were just watching it, and I feel like Close Scrutiny is not this episode's friend. Um, Except perhaps the Scorpius plot, which I actually really like. The Scorpius plot's fine. The Scorpius plot should have been more of it. Take out all the extra stuff from the Possession plot and give it to Scorpius. Or maybe the Scorpius plot worked because it didn't have too much extra time. Mm. So over in the Scorpius plot, Scorpius has a team of... uh, Oh, by the way, Scorpius is alive. This is where we officially get confirmation that Scorpius didn't die off screen, so... Okay, let's give our listeners a chance to pick their jaws up off the ground, because how could you have possibly guessed that Scorpius was going to come back? Mm. Anyway, Scorpius has assembled a crack team of wormhole investigators... Uh, which I find really cool that this team has three main people that we see in this episode, and two of them are not Sebation. Mm. 
And, and the one who is Sebastian, the one who is a peacekeeper, is like, I know I'm the foremost expert on wormholes, but I don't appreciate being taken off of my mission to come do this wormhole mission. It's that good old peacekeeper racism. Mm, yeah. And it's probably why Scorpius is so effective, because he's willing to work with people who aren't peacekeepers. I was going to bring that up. It's one of the things I really like. Yeah. And also, as we will see, he has no deference to peacekeepers. He cares for them not. I mean, I'm surprised they're still, I mean, I guess they're, it's not the most organized fascist organization ever, because I'm like, I think Scorpius would be in hot water over the whole Shadow Depository thing, but. Well, that was his personal. Or his base exploding. The Oh, yeah, the Gamic base. The Gamic base. Yeah. So that's a huge waste of resources. I think the problem with the Peacekeepers, like, the thing that keeps them from being the most efficient functioning unit that they could be, which I hesitate to call a problem because... They're, they're a fascist organization. <laughs> right, right. We, we don't want them to be operating efficiently. But the thing that keeps them from operating at peak efficiency is how much secrecy is involved at every level. Well, the fact that they have multiple black ops secret murder teams, that feels like... Really, I mean, I, I get it. It's it's how your government works. But the fact that you have multiple ones, I, I know. Do you remember the Better Off Ted episode about Jabberwocky? Where nobody knows what it is. Right, where, where Ted is able to essentially uh, embezzle money by creating a secret project. And then anytime he's asked about it, be like, oh, I thought you were in the know on Jabberwocky. And then it becomes this huge deal. Yeah, like... If you don't know about Jabberwocky, then I don't think I can tell you about Jabberwocky. And then everyone pretends that they know about Jabberwocky because they don't want to seem out of the loop. Better Off Ted was a really good show. It was ahead of its time. It really was. The thing about it, you know, it had the few unreleased episodes. And I don't know if they knew the show was ending because I, I finally got around to watching them. And I'm like, the last couple of episodes that weren't released are actually pretty bad. They're not, like, they're not terrible or anything, but they're, like, not as good as the rest of the show. And I'm like, I bet they knew that they weren't getting another season. Got it. So, oh, it is all on Hulu, though, by the way. Like, yeah, it, Better Off Ted, do recommend. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about uh, people who work in an evil corporation. Otherwise known as a, a corporation. corporation. <laughs> but Portia de Rossi is so good in that. The company is only afraid of countries that are more powerful than it, and there's only two of those left. God. <laughs> All right, so um, speaking of people who believe themselves to be superior to everyone around them, mm. Jewel mentions that she might have lost some time, too, because she was taking a bath, so Moya does have baths, mm. and then all of a sudden the water got super cold, and... John's like, why didn't you mention that earlier? And she's like, I just thought it was because this ship is a piece of crap. I didn't realize it was because I'd been sitting in the bath for several hours. Mm. And John's like, anyone else have anything strange happen? And Dargo's like, well... Everything all the time? Yeah, I don't even know how to separate that out. You know, Dargo's like secret MVP this episode. He is. Dargo is really, uh... He's really carrying the team. They spend a lot of time on the time skip things for it doesn't matter in the rest of the episode. I know you keep talking about other Farscape episodes that are better, but if this episode was going to be about time skips and want us to think that that was its main thing, which, as I said, is not its main thing. But if they wanted us to think that, then 
the Futurama episode, which doesn't come till later, but the Futurama episode, Time Keeps On Skipping, is so much better. Such yeah. a better example of this trope. And it plays, yeah, it's the, it's the same concept, except it's the thrust of the episode. They're trying to stop the time skips, and, you know, it's it's good. Anyway, Pilot's freaking out. They all go to Pilot to see if, like, he's being affected by the time skips, too, and he's all like... And then he's like... One of you shall soon face judgment! I am possessed! So, I feel like they're lighting the pilot puppet differently in this episode. He feels kind of more plasticky than normal, and I'm like, I know it's the same uh, puppet. Yeah, they put, like, a blue filter on his light. Uh, That definitely... And and I think they're lighting it from underneath now. Yeah, it's, it's a lot... He's a lot more lit, which I feel like is not really to his benefit. Yeah, and lit from an angle that's not helpful. Yeah. Like, Pilot feels a lot more puppety here than he normally does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Pilot admits that he is possessed by something called an energy rider. The energy rider's like, look, we're this group of, like, weird sea mantis energy creatures who just chill out flying through space, but one of our kind was like, you know what, I'm gonna break off and do my own thing... Went to one of you people, and I need him back. Also, like, I'm controlling Pilot because Pilot's higher brain functions are the only thing that can properly support me. Because I'm I'm very complex. I don't know if you know this, but I'm very complex. I, uh... Yeah. I lived in space. <laughs> I used to live in space, York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... The... I, I almost said who who the other creature is possessing, but the creature that's possessing one of them is a child, and that's why it's able to uh, possess a lower you know, life form. Yeah. Again, that's kind of like Squire of Gothos, the original series Star Trek episode with Trelane, where it's like, oh, he's just a child cue. Mm. So this this whole episode's just a mishmash of other things, isn't it? Other better things. Things that came both before and after it. Mm. But this is when Pilot, or the creature inhabiting Pilot, says that he tried to probe them all at once to see who had the creature in them and he wasn't able to. But there's no explanation for why that didn't work. And in a few minutes, he's going to probe Jewel individually. And it looks like the exact same process. And he isn't able to figure it out from probing her either. So I don't even know what's happening. So what's happening. the point of probing people if it doesn't do anything? I know. They need to kill a little more time. but Also, you know what? I I know the probes are unpleasant. Mm-hmm. But they should have all just been like, okay, probe all of us and tell us where it is. It's like that scene in The Faculty where... They realize that the aliens that possess people are susceptible to caffeine. And they're like, all right, well, then what we need to do is all inject ourselves with caffeine and see who is an alien. And that's what they do. Or in the thing when they electrocute the blood to see if the blood reacts. like Which is obviously what the faculty was, was taking yeah. off on. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up the faculty because I feel like people don't talk about that movie enough. Mm. John Stewart plays a teacher who gets possessed by an alien, y'all. More Dargo MVP stuff, by the way. Mm-hmm. Jewel's like, shoot him! Just shoot him! To Dargo. And Dargo's like, I don't have a gun. What do you think a Luxon is? He's like, I, I, I don't just, like, shoot bolts out of my hand. Also, you know, if Pilot dies, then we're all gonna die horribly in space. Also that, Jewel. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for a superior species, she sure doesn't, like, 
think out the second step of her plans. Ever. Right? Ugh. So they all leave Pilot's den, and they're trying to figure out if they can take control of Moya, since, you know, this creature that's in Moya doesn't really know what it's doing. That's why Moya's doing things like the pipes are leaking and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like Pilot Pilot is the only creature superior enough to be able to host me properly, but it's not doing Pilot's duties because, you know, why would it? It doesn't care. It's just trying to find the missing energy being. Yeah. It's missing, bro. So I was really thinking when we were watching this episode about what this episode would have looked like if Aaron was in it. Mm. Because Aaron has a has that close bond with Pilot. And the episode would be very different. I don't know if it would be better or worse, though, if Aaron was here. But it's interesting that this plot is happening while she's gone. Mm. So Jules like, you know what? I'm just going to get on a transport pod and go. And Shiana's like, Jewel, you complete walnut. We have no control on anything on this ship. That means we can't open the shuttle bay doors. Have you not watched 2001 A Space Odyssey? Did John not give you his primer on all of his stupid references when you got on board Moya? Superior being. She's like, I'm just going to go to the escape bay anyway, and maybe I'll get lucky and it'll accidentally open. And it's like, fine. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, over in Scorpius's plot, they've been sending prowlers through the wormhole. And you'll remember from the previous episode where the two ships were fused together that one of the things with wormholes is that biological stuff gets fried when it goes through the walls of the wormhole. Mm-hmm. So they think that they've found, the the team that's doing wormhole stuff, thinks that they've got this whole thing licked. And the one peacekeeper on the team is like, all right, it's time to do this with sebation test subjects. And Scorpius is like, that doesn't sound very ethical. And I'm saying that. So. I kind of miss that because he talks about the, they send a guy into the thing in a prowler and he comes back as goo. And they kept on referring to that guy as the pilot. And I was like, are they just sending pilots in? Did they just have pilots? But no, they mean a, yeah. just a, a guy who was a pilot. Yeah. And as you said, he came back as goo. And I kind of love Scorpius is like, well, let's run this test again. But now with you, peacekeeper guy. And he's like, but I know the most about wormholes. I'm in charge of the project. And Scorpius is like, well, now this guy knows the most about wormholes and is in charge of the project. <laughs> See, now you have a more vested interest in, I mean, obviously, we're in, like, stage two of the trials, so it's not going to go well for him. I wonder why the guy got Splorch going in. I mean, John and everyone made it into the wormhole fine. Like John went through the wormhole, like, through the whole part. It's when you breach the sides of it that biological stuff disintegrates. Uh, I don't know why they're trying to breach the sides of it. I mean, it seems to me like the solution is don't crash, but <laughs> that's that's where we are. Maybe maybe this is so that you can enter the wormhole from a space other than the opening of the wormhole. Which like just seems dumb. Getting, well, no, because otherwise you have to wait for the opening of a wormhole to appear. If you can find a way to pierce through the space that a wormhole occupies, like you could theoretically use that technology to go anywhere at any time without opening a wormhole. 
you you bend space around yourself. I guess this just doesn't seem like the most efficient way of learning how to do that. Just sending people into the side of the wormhole over and over again. I, I don't I'm just guessing at what they're doing. I don't really know. The point is, this guy cared not about the peacekeepers that he sent to die, and now he himself is being sent to die, and I'm kind of okay with that. Wah, wah. The guy is a real, I mean, honestly, he is a real demon from, uh, charmed vibe to him. Or oh, po- yeah, totally he did. Or possibly Warlord from Xena. I mean, he did have that vibe. <laughs> mm. Now his vibe is, is goo. Or, you know, we, we never see what happens to him in this episode, but presumably. Presumably, yeah. So, back on Moya, John's talking to the thing inside Pilot, and he's like, why don't you just jump into each of us individually and see if you can kick out our little intruder? And the- Th- This is actually the part where he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't, because you're all so very, very simple. They also want proof of life, so they're like, well, let us talk to Pilot. And Pilot's like, he's telling the truth, and also I'm in a lot of pain, so let me be unconscious again. And, well, it's good to get evidence like that. Um, I t- Pilot's possessed. I don't- He could be faking it right now. It's not the same as, for instance, when Piper was able to briefly break through in Coyote Piper so that Prue knew that something was up. Just- They already know he's possessed and like- and also, why isn't the thing just killing everyone? Like, why not just kill everyone? It doesn't want to kill everyone. Oh, wait, why isn't why isn't Pilot just killing everyone? No, why, why isn't the thing possessing Pilot killing everyone? It doesn't want to kill everyone. Why not? Why does it care? It just wanted a body. For the sole purpose of finding this other thing. Oh, the thing that's in Pilot you're talking about. Yeah. When it took over Pilot, it said that they're... Their overriding morality is that you should not harm any bodies that you... You shouldn't harm any bodies. So that's why it's not just killing everybody. But it is unnecessarily probing them in an incredibly painful fashion. Well, that's... I guess it doesn't do permanent harm. I... And, and that's why it was trying to knock them unconscious when it did that, so that they wouldn't even know that it had happened. Like, he wanted to go in, surgical strike, knock them all unconscious... Find the creature, grab the creature, leave, and then they'd all be like, huh, it's weird that my bathwater's cold. This is is a very specific morality these energy beings have. Well, I would expect beings that are so different from us to have very different morality. Not different, specific. (laughs) Killing is bad, possessing is fine, torturing is fine, killing one of our own and... Possibly the person whose body the one of our own is in is fine. Is allowable, but that's not that's not the ideal situation. It it does it it doesn't matter. It, like you said, the closer you look at this, the the worse it gets. So we should just uh power through. Yeah. So it tells John and Dargo that because the creature had to take over a body so quickly, it won't know all of its like deeper thoughts. So they all should share their deepest secrets with each other to check that they are who they say they are. Yeah, and, you know, Jung talks about his childhood dogs. Dargo talks about Chiana boning his kid. And uh, they go up to Chiana and they're like, Chiana, what's your dead brother's name? And she's like, rude? <laughs> and uh, Joel's like, what are, uh, what are John and Dargo doing? And she's like, they're doing fun question games. And they're like, you didn't say what your dead brother's name was. And she's like, Scotty. 
Nary. Whatever. But the point is, she says the actual name. Which, I mean, wouldn't that be... Can can they not brain-vestigate memories that feels like... Well, I actually think that when she said, you know my brother's name, the creature did not know. And then, like, the creature had to burrow in there. Yeah, like, she was just buying time, I guess. Yeah. I, I do like Dargo's, like, did you kill Salas? Uh, but that's just Dargo being like, oh, perfect, an opportunity for me to find this out. And Shanna's like, haha, that happened off screen and it was super ambiguous. <laughs> it's like, it's a it's a fun little meta joke where she's like, did I kill? And she, she corrects him, which I like to think is just Dargo not remembering the guy's name. Oh, yeah, that's what I assumed. Oh, oh no, I did not think Dargo was trying to trick Gianna. Because he, he's like, did you kill Nalus? And she's like, it was Malice. And you don't know if I killed Malice or not. Nobody knows, but she did. Come on. Yeah, she totally did. Um, I... And nothing of value was lost. So, uh, Chiana's makeup in this episode, I don't know if it's the makeup or the way they're lighting her or what they're doing, but, uh, spoiler, Chiana's the one who has the creature inside of her. And I feel like her eyeliner is very heavy in this episode, mm. so that we can almost never see her eyes. Yeah. I think that was a nice touch. So they all turn on Jewel, and Jewel decides to tell them the real story of how she ended up in the tube. Because it turns out she wasn't actually raided on a, like, her pleasure yacht wasn't raided by pirates. She was actually stealing artifacts or something. She was stealing gems. She's a thief just like them. And that's, they're like... That's, you know what that is? What? That's truly outrageous. <laughs> oh, They're like, that's not what you told us before. And she's like, I know, but that's the truth. And it's like, j- this isn't... This isn't truth time. This isn't the lobster thing that stabs you in the brain if you lie. This is the thing that... Does- Keep up, Jewel. Are you superior or not? So, that being done, like, they're all like, I guess it's probably Jewel. And the thing's like, okay, I'm going to probe her. And they're like, but when you probed all of us when we are during the time skip thing, you didn't find anything. And the thing inside pilot's like, eh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I'll do it better this time. And then there's this, like, effect where we see... Jewel convulsing in a way that's, like, way too fast for a human to convulse. It's, like, the film is, like, sped up. It kind of reminds me of that uh, thing that works for Aaron's mom transforming in the episode we saw, the thing that was pretending to be the princess. Oh, yeah. It's shape-shifting also had that, like, really fast video burst quality to it. Yeah, totally. But, like, the thing inside pilot, the energy being inside pilot's, like... Well, I didn't find anything, but that doesn't mean there's not anything in there. But it might mean that there's not anything in there. And they're all like, then what was the point of any of that? You're the worst energy being ever. <laughs> so now they're going to split up and... Why? I don't know. So so that John and Chiana can be alone. Okay, sure. So John grabs one of the DRDs and he's like, he's like, wait. The DRD has a connection to Moya, and the thing inside Pilot is not connected to Moya because it clearly doesn't understand how to work Pilot. So let's talk to this thing. And he says, we're going to do it like on Star Trek in the episode The Cave. He doesn't say in the episode The Cave, but that's Mm. the episode. We're going to do it like on Star Trek, where you're going to blink your little lights. One blink for yes and two blinks for no. And I bring this up just because from this point on, he calls that DRD Pike. 
Mm. Like Captain Pike. And I just think that's the cutest thing ever. Does this DRD come into other episodes or? I don't remember if this DRD comes back, but I think it might. So this is kind of cool. They go into like the starburst bladder or whatever it is. The uh... They go into the chamber where the starburst builds up in pilot. And it's. Moya. Yes, in Moya. Sorry, in Moya. And it's looks like the coolest space disco you've ever been at. Like, there are these lasers flashing, and the walls are, like, sparkly crystals, and there's, like, a little metal heart in the center where you can see that's where the energy builds up. It's... I love it. I love the way this chamber looks. If I was living on Moya, I would, like, get Moya's permission via pilot and just, like, chill out in that chamber all the time. Well, it looks like living crystal. Like, it looks like... I don't want to say organic crystal because crystal's organic, but, like, it looks like a weird kind of undersea creature thing where it's part rock, Mm -hmm. like, rock incorporated into a... It's very cool. It's plausibly a thing you might see with a living creature, but also very alien. I like it a lot. Yeah. And uh, a button kind of, like, exposes itself, and Chiana's like, oh... Moya must want us to hit this button. And so she does, which is a very Chiana thing to do, I want to bring up. Mm. And John's like, don't just hit buttons! And John, like, Chiana, like, gets distracted by the flashing lights, and John kind of sees the ghost of the energy manta ray above her, and he's like, oh. Yep. Oh, it's in Chiana. And Moya sent them down there knowing that the light of the starburst would illuminate the creature that had possessed Chiana. I think that's pretty cool. I really like the creature starts talking through Chiana, and I love the accent Gigi Edgley puts on for this. I can't imitate it, but it's so good. It reminded me, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it reminded me of all of Jenna Maroney's overacting in 30 Rock. Well, it, it reminds me of when Jenna Maroney's trying to do a Florida accent. Yes, it's just Classy. so... It's so over the top. I kind of love it. And then the creature's like, wait, John, I'm the good guy. The thing inside Pilot is the bad guy. Let me give you an am- amazing orgasm through, like, my possession power so that you will help me out. Well, I think she's offering to have sex with him as Chiana because it's like, this body wants you. I mean, she definitely is. She's definitely offering to have sex with him, but then she, like, shoots, uh, like, pleasure into his brain. Hmm. And, yeah, and I, it's I, like I love I, this body, and John's like, yeah, yeah, we all love Chiana, but like, you can't just squat in someone else's body. I appreciate that John is concerned about consent here. He's like, yeah, no, 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 we that's not that's not how it's, that's not how we roll. We don't do that here on on Moya. This isn't like that time I got a uh, squeeze job from Dargo. Although I guess that was that wasn't John. That was Rigel in uh, John's body. Yeah. And it was Chiana in uh, Dargo's body. <laughs> so some version of this pairing has happened, kind of. Uh, anyway, the thing inside Chiana explains that she thought she was jumping into, like, a fully staffed ship so that she'd be able to hide amongst hundreds of crew members. And the fact that there are only four was a... Disappointment. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, so she's trying to seduce John. She's like, wait, I'm the good guy. You can tell because I'm the sexy one. Talop is pain. Talop is the uh, energy being that's hunting her. Mm -hmm. It's like, Talop is pain. Talop is bad. 
I just want freedom and pleasure must hide. And John's like, again, very similar to the episode we did last week, Coyote Piper. Uh, even if this energy being is good, quote unquote, her deal is that she wants a body and that means she wants Chiana's body. And that is not a thing that any of us should stand for because Chiana's body is currently in use. There is uh yeah, like you, we got why the alchemists uh, homunculus wanted out. It didn't want to work for the alchemist anymore because it was played by uh, Dwight from the office. So <laughs> the the uh, the homunculus wanted gone, but it could only survive by body hopping, and that's bad because people want their bodies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't mention the thing about the most important thing about the starburst chamber. It's the only place that Moya can't sense. Pilot. Oh, yeah, I guess obviously Moya can sense it. I was thinking Moya couldn't sense it, that it was like one of those, like, you can't see the back of your head kind of things. Yeah. But no, you're right. Moya can sense it because she puts out the button. Yeah, it's the only place that Pilot can't sense. So. Which is weird because Pilot initiates Starburst. I guess she just asks Moya to do it. Yeah. So as long as Chiana is hiding down here, um, the thing that's inside, Pilot can't find her. So he's like, you stay here. I will go talk to the others and tell them that you say you're good and we'll figure out what we're doing. Meanwhile, Scorpius is being a big old grumpus. Well, he's thinking that there's more that he doesn't understand about wormholes. Like, he he thought he sucked all of the information out of John's brain, but it is eluding him. Mm. And I just, I love how angry Scorpius is at John. It's like, you took a piece of his brain out. You know what, Scorpius? Maybe the information you want was on that piece of brain that you ate to fuck with him. Like, do you ever think about whatever? So, Braca comes in and he's like, "So, do do you actually want to talk to me? Am I just here to bounce ideas off of?" And Scorpius is like, "I just, I don't get why John could survive in the wormhole and Sebastian's can't. Uh, help me, Braca. Help me understand." And Braca's like, "I don't have more information than you. I know what you know. Less. <laughs> I know quite a bit less than you know. So." But here is where Scorpius tells us something that is going to become important, Important, which is that the Peacekeepers and the Scarens are on the verge of war. We've kind of known that. That's kind of been hinted at for ever since, ever since the Look at the Princess uh, episodes. But the reason that the Scarens have not, you know, engaged in all-out war at this point is because they believe that the Peacekeepers have wormhole technology and that they have wormhole weapons and if the scarens were to realize that the peacekeepers did not have wormhole weapons they would just attack and they would win because there's like 10 times as many of them also they're psychic fire breathing or fire shooting dragons and the sebations are weak to you know fire being shot at them and also probably psychics yeah they're game-breakingly uh powerful so yeah we as as has been mentioned previously on this very episode, the peacekeepers are evil fascists, but the Scarens are evil dragons. So scales. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So John goes to talk to the Pike, Pike. To the Pike DRD, and he's like, "So should I turn Chiana over to Pilot? Is that is that what Moya wants me to do?" And Pike is like, oh yeah, definitely. And John's like, okay, but 
I I think that this thing is good, and also Chiana might get hurt. Should I still do it? And Moya's like, yes, definitely do it. And John's like, ah. But it gave me a really amazing orgasm. Does that change your calculus at all? So he goes to talk to Jewel because he's just trying to get the answer he wants from anyone. And Jewel's like, okay, I got tortured so that that thing could try to find the other thing. I just want both of the things off the goddamn ship. I don't care what they do to each other as long as they get off the goddamn ship. Which I'm right there with you, Jewel. Mm-hmm. So... Dargo and John go to talk to Pilot, and they're like, okay, go back to the cluster, get off the ship, and we will send the rider out to you. And he says, how do I know this isn't a trick? What if, what if the rider is tricking me? And Dargo, current episode MVP, Mm. is like, oh no, this plan is really dumb. That's how you know it's our plan. And then the pilot thing, like, goes inside of Dargo, and he's like, nope, not you. Mean. He's just being mean at this point. <sighs> Whatever. So, the thing inside Chiana's like, look, I'm not, it, it's it's squatting in the, you know. Starburst chamber. And it's like, not leaving. Not leaving. And Jewel comes in with a gun, and she's like, I want this episode to be over so badly, Go get your ass killed by what's it called? Yep. Yep. She, she's she got John's pulse pistol, by the way. Yeah. And uh, she brings uh, Chiana out at gunpoint. Which, pistol uh, point. Pistol point. Which, I, I do really like the accent. No, yeah, it's good. It's, 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 you know what? It's a melodramatic accent that doesn't get annoying. Yeah. So... Uh, it's trying to talk Jewel out of bringing it to the, you know, big space rider thing. And Jewel's like, I don't care. This is not effective. I'm not John. Well, and then John shows up and he's like, wait, Jewel, don't. We have a plan. And Jewel's like, your plans are terrible. And then Shiana takes the opportunity to disarm Jewel and strangle both Jewel and John. And they're like, oh, wow, she is kind of terrible, isn't she? <sighs> yeah, and... The thing is getting high off of Chiana's, you know, emotions and and John's like, see, the thing is, you've been out of the chamber for more than like 15 seconds. So uh, the thing you're trying to hide from has cottoned on to where you are. And also you've been talking really loudly about how you're not actually Chiana. So then Chiana starts doing the twitching thing because she's getting probed by the. Uh... She she levitates the same way we saw John levitating. So I guess that's part of the process. And John's like, hey, um, stop, stop killing her. Just get the rider out and stop killing her. And then we see the, the manta ray come out of her and uh, sail into Pilot, like, mm. in a very explodey way. And John's like, wait, did you kill her? And it's like, yeah. And uh, not Chiana, the rider thing. Yeah. He's Ta- like, Talop, the writer thing in pilot is like yeah i killed her and john's like but aren't you supposed to be the good guy and talop's like the fuck do you care this is literally none of your business remember back on the lobster planet when you were like i don't care keep that energy going john except that now it's like wait having a body is cool and pilot's body is awesome because it's also a spaceship so i'm gonna stay this is the new status quo uh, y'all live inside of me now. Deal. Which, 
Okay. Okay, fine, whatever. I mean, this is a twist that really feels like it had to happen because there's eight more minutes of episode. But again, it's like, it, it doesn't feel earned. Like... Yeah, suddenly this thing is like, you know what? The thing I just killed had a good point. I'm gonna... Yeah, you know how, like, my whole overriding thing was that our morality is that we can't do this thing? What if we did that thing? Yeah. Whatever. And John's like, uh, Moya will never accept you. You might be in pilot, but you're not pilot. Uh, but there is one creature that is complex enough to accept you, and then you don't have to worry about Moya pooping you into space. Yeah, so basically they talk the thing into trying to take over Moya, because Moya is a living thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And, okay, I just have to say, this plan works, it's fine, it's a good plan, but this plan is based on John being able to lie to someone convincingly, and he does, but I feel like until this episode, that was not a skill that he had shown himself to have. Really? Because I feel like John's often very, very dramatic, even when he's telling the truth. So I feel like it kind of feels like John is lying when he's not, which makes it hard to tell when he actually is lying. I guess that's a good point. Okay. Okay. But so the way he does this is he he tells the thing that's in pilot. pilot. He's like, he's like, oh, wait, Moya's a living thing. And it's like, oh, I'm going to take over Moya. And John's like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. That's a terrible idea. Definitely don't do that. Except he does it convincingly, not like I just said it. So, apparently, in the moment between when the creature is in pilot and when it goes into Moya, like, before it, like, after it leaves pilot, but before it takes over Moya, they're going to manually initiate Starburst, which they know how to do now that they've been in the Starburst chamber, and Starburst away, and just leave the creature sitting in space going, wait, where'd that Leviathan go? Okay. Well, that is, that is what they do. Yeah, but, like, fine, whatever. I love how John's like, Chiana, are you okay? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, I have to deal with other stuff, so I'm just going to drop you on the floor. Pilot, keep an eye on Chiana. Like, thanks, John. No, 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 he says, Pike, keep an eye on Chiana, the DRD. Oh, even better. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so Chiana's job is to activate the manual Starburst, even though she can barely stay conscious because she was just possessed by an energy creature. Mm-hmm. So, blurdy, blurdy, blur, they end up triggering the uh, starburst, and they leave the creature behind them in space. And they all live happily ever after. (laughs) No, they really don't. For those of you who have seen the show, no, 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 they don't. So, then we have the wrap-up, and Jewel makes a joke about John, like, John's like, wait, but I don't get why I was bleeding or phantom bleeding like what did that have to do with anything and jules like i don't know maybe you're just a you know pathetic lower being because i haven't reminded everyone that i'm super racist in a little while so it's funny because right up until that like one of the last lines of the episode you were you were you were moving towards team jewel and then she's like no no the problem is that you're inferior it's like oh great thanks thanks for that and chiana still feels crappy and then there's this moment where Chiana's like, hey, Dargo, are you there? And John says, no, Dargo's still down in the Starburst chamber. And Chiana's like, no, he's here. And he walks in the door and John's like, okay, was that like psychic connection or? She p- could probably smell him coming. She has superior senses. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not, the, the implication is that she psychically sensed Dargo coming, but I mean, 
I, I feel like conceivably she could have smelled him. She's got better senses than him. Like in that one fun uh, scene when they were all getting neurotic and they pointed out that John has the worst senses of anyone. Yes! I, I love that. Crackers don't matter. Yeah. So, again, it's just this whole episode is stuff that they've done before but better. I'm sorry, we have one more scene. I, I shouldn't... Uh... Well, and, and the one scene is is good. The scene, The final scene is... Scorpius being tortured by the John in his head. Yeah, he's having another nightmare about uh, confronting John and getting shoved into a wormhole himself. Mm-hmm. And and John keeps telling him that he's missed something very important. Hmm. I I love the like flip there. It's like in Battlestar Galactica when we found out that Six had a Gaius in her head. It's awesome i know that means nothing to you that means literally nothing to me she's the one in the red dress right yes uh i was thinking personally in spoilers for carpe jugulum uh the terry pratchett book yes but spoilers for that skip ahead like 15 seconds uh when granny weatherwax infects the vampires with herself yeah so yeah that was losing time the thing is, when we were watching it, it's fine. It's not terrible or anything. Again, like, taking a deeper look at this episode does not do it any favors. And, like, it's it's not good. It's not a good episode. I, a- is, it, is it plot important other than establishing that Scorpius is still alive? Like, does anything happen that matters? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's a serviceable episode in a TV universe where you have to have 22 episodes. Hmm. But really, yes, only the Scorpius stuff is really important. Like, in in a modern TV landscape where you have a show on a streaming service that has 10 episodes a season, just the Scorpius stuff would have happened, and it would have been, you know, tied in with another episode where important plot stuff happens, hmm. and not we, this would have all been taken out. So, I don't begrudge it. It was a different TV landscape at the time. But... No, it's just the Scorpius stuff that really matters. This is an episode to fill an order. Yeah. The uh, the next episode, we're going to be back on Talon. As mm. I said, that's going to be our MO for a while. And the plot description of that episode, according to Amazon Prime, is, While Talon heals on a jungle planet, the crew battle a peacekeeper retrieval squad commanded by Aaron's mother. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to get more of Aaron's mother. That's the other thing. This episode, these episodes, these runs of episodes, uh... It's gonna be interesting episode, not interesting episode. I mean, there are a couple of... No, no, that's not entirely true. There's some good stuff happening on Moya, but... I mean, it feels like Aaron's stuff has all the plot. Yeah, the talent stuff's really the A-team. The other stuff is kind of the B-squad. But that... Is it for the episode, so I think that brings us to our segments. Yeah, let's talk about our segments. So our first segment is A Distant Part of the Universe, which is what world building worked for you in this episode? None. I mean, I guess I like the idea that the DRDs are connected to Moya in a way that kind of doesn't interact with Pilot. I yeah. don't know how much that holds together with previous continuity. but No, that definitely works with what we've seen. Pilot has not always had total control of the DRDs. Mm. I, I like, yeah, that they circumvent, that they can be used to circumvent Pilot. Definitely. And that's the kind of thing that might come back in future episodes and is kind of a, it's the kind of thing that, since we talk about this being a role-playing game all the time, uh, 
would be very exploitable by intelligent players. Mm. Our second segment is strange alien creatures, which is what creature design. Okay, so we saw a few new aliens with uh, the Scorpius, but whatever. I, I feel like this might be kind of cheating, but I did really love the uh, the chamber that they were in inside Moya. The new part of Moya where Starburst energy is built up. I don't know if that counts because it, it, it's still just Moya, but it's this very, it's a very interesting part of Moya we haven't seen before. Okay, so since we're kind of like weirdly speeding through our segments, our final segment is the wonders that I've seen, which is what like emotionally resonated with you this episode. But I was going to get very literal with it and say that my wonder this episode was the Starburst Chamber, specifically because, I mean, it was an amazing set. It was amazingly shot. It was like this beautiful, peaceful moment within the terrible stuff that's happening around them. And it made me feel that when John is doing his monologue at the beginning of the episode, and he says, then you'll never know the wonders that I've seen. This is one of the things he's talking about. Mm. So I... Yeah, it's kind of a weird segment episode for us, but yeah, I actually had that as my wonder. Because well, it is sort of a bottle episode, which are never good for our segments. That is an accurate statement. If if the crew doesn't leave Moya, then... Uh, it's basically the first two segments right out the space window. Uh, so I think that does it for this week. Yeah. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Mara Cruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. <laughs> <laughs>